0: This is the Since Right Now podcast with Chris and Jeff, the podcast of Clean and Sober, K-L-E-N, and S-O-B-R, and sincerightnow.com. Let's, let's actually start this. Yeah. Hold on. All right. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, to... The Since Right Now podcast. Yep, it's uh, Chris and Jeff. We're back. We really appreciate all our listeners that uh, downloaded and streamed uh, the first episode. You uh, made us very, very happy. We got to almost as many listens and, and streams and downloads in half the time that we did for episode zero. So uh, that's progress. Thank you. Yep. That's all the housekeeping I have, Jeff. I don't know if no. you have one thing I wanted to mention right off the bat is I talked to, uh, well, talked to, uh, emailed back and forth briefly with um, Peter from Sobering Stories, soberingstories.com. They're doing a great thing uh, out of Chicago. Uh, he and his partner, and I, forgive me, I should have taken the notes. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but they are recording on video, beautifully shot, beautifully told stories of people in recovery. Wow. And uh, they very graciously allowed us to post on clean and sober uh, since right nowcom the trailer for the first for Pete and it's uh, the trailers great and then you should click through and go watch uh, Pete's whole whole story um, it's, it's just beautiful stuff they're doing wow. so it's so someone
1: it's someone's like recreated story of
0: they sit down with awesome. the person and the person sits down in yeah. recovery and um, recounts how wow. they got to <laughs> that point basically yeah. tells their story and uh, yeah and it's just it's aside from <laughs> You know the the stories themselves are, are riveting, yeah. um, and, and certainly you know educational and inspiring mm-hmm. and, and all those things. But what um, what sobering stories brings to the table is just the, they, they capture it beautifully. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so just anyway, nice I really appreciate that new yeah. relationship. That's uh, great. I hope uh, you know we can we can find more things to do collaboratively with them in the future. That's cool. So cool. Um,
1: That's really interesting. So did they? Did, was there any inspiration behind that, or how did they get to decide that they wanted to do that? And they're not in recovery, you said. They just...
0: I, I'm again, I'm not yeah, sure. They might be. Um, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think the story is is that Peter, um, had a neighbor who's in recovery. Yep, and, and, I, and I know this, but I hesitate to tell it because I don't want to get it wrong, right? Right, no, I um, I, I don't know it exactly. So, um, but certainly at soberingstories.com, you can. Find mm-hmm. out more, and uh, I'll, I'll apologize that I, I didn't prepare with notes this time. We're <laughs> still working on my professional podcasting yeah, yeah. behavior, so and then, uh, yeah, I mean, there, we I think last time, mm-hmm. uh, we we touched on a lot of things, we, we went far and wide, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we necessarily went deep on anything. I think, Mm-mm. um, it laid good. A foundation for where we're going. Introduce people to you. Certainly, yep. they got to know me a little bit better. And uh, you know, uh, in thinking about this taping, this episode, I was thinking, you know, there's certainly more we can we can dive into on a number of issues. Sure. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts. One one thought that that came up over the weekend mm-hmm. for me was recovery isn't a magic. Uh, a panacea. It's it's not it's not a cure for all that ails mm-hmm. you. It's a cure for a very specific aspect of um, mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. So, and, and one of those things is, and we talked a little bit. I talked a little bit mm-hmm. last time. Is you know, I'm an introvert. I'm socially mm-hmm. anxious. Mm-hmm. You you I, I in recovery I'll, I'll, that uncovers that I'm, right. I'm probably more so right. socially anxious and more of an introvert. Right. Um, and those are things. Uh, I have to, uh, you know, I have to, I have to figure out how to address, you know, as I live my life, specifically the social anxiety. Right. Um, you know, sometimes people do therapy, sometimes they do, uh, I don't know what they do, anti-anxiety into, into medicine, medication. Yeah, yeah. I, I Medicate don't themselves. do that. I've, I've been in therapy. Um, and other times, you know, it's meditation, it's mm-hmm. yoga, any, any number of things. Anyway, my point being that recovery is, there, there are steps to recovery and then, There are things for which recovery is a first step. Yes, so very true. um, Did you did you feel like you drank because of your social anxiety?
1: Did you remember being that way before you drank?
0: uh, I do. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, all all through my life, um, I remember. You know, back in the day, it was just called plain old shyness. You know, you're so (laughs) shy. You know, why are you so shy? Right. Um, You know, why don't you talk? You know, had a few drinks and you were all over it. And yeah, and that was it was yeah. gone. Yeah, I, I don't want to make mm-hmm. it seem like it was a solution. It wasn't a solution. Right, right. It took it away, but mm-hmm. it, it also um, took it away and added something else that mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily better. You know, I yeah. ultimately kind of. But did did you see how? I mean,
1: obviously you knew. You know, you you say that uh, recovery is, uh, it's not a solution for everything, but alcoholism, is a. Is a cause of so many things in your life. Absolutely, you don't even realize it. Right. All the things that it affects, right. you know, and you just think, oh, I drink too much. So this, right. it's mostly m- my problem, and it's just on me. But you don't really realize the domino effect across your life. Absolutely. You know? Like I never put two and two together that I kept landing out in jail because I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: I just thought cops
1: were assholes. <laughs> you know, sure. like simple things. Right. But How yeah right and then i but i think when you get you're right when you when you start to recover when you start quitting drinking all the things that it leaves behind you know mm. they say if you're an asshole a drunken asshole when you get in recovery you're still an asshole
0: exactly right you're still just a sober asshole so there's a lot to and that's the core like of the gone, point yeah. I'm making. It's like, yeah. yeah. So don't expect to not be an asshole anymore if, if you decide to quit drinking. Yeah, You're right. still probably an asshole. Well, you still got um, a lot of work to do. Yeah, and that's it. And that's one of the challenges I think to staying in mm-hmm. recovery. Right, for so many yeah. people is they, they might. And I'm probably oversimplifying it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do anybody a disservice by putting words in their mouth or yeah. thoughts in their head. Yeah. But they think, well, you know, I'm, I stopped drinking. Why? You know, is this aspect right. of my life still right. shitty right. right. because so, you have work to do? And yep. now that you've uncovered or, or taken away the real mm-hmm. um, thing that was fueling the issue, um, did you go through that like a year, your first year of just
1: pain or numbness? I just remember being very numb, didn't no. know how to feel.
0: It, yeah, it was it was nuts. Um, and and I've been reading a lot of uh, people in early stages of their recovery on on Twitter and their blogs and. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to be reminded of that. Not that I'm very, very far away from it, but that numbness, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's its a numbness, it's a depression. Yeah. It's, you know, you you, you take out these highs and lows yeah. that you were yeah. attached to that had become how you experience life. Like yep. These really high highs and these really low lows. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the numbness is really uncomfortable. Isn't yeah.
1: It? Yeah. T- absolutely. And it's, Funny, I don't even think you know how to. I just remember exactly that. Like, I was, I lived in a manic life, incredible highs, incredible lows, and uh, didn't, just didn't know what to do with all that my first year. I was, I guess I was grateful that I wasn't drinking anymore and the pain had gone somewhat, you know? Right. right. Um, And the fear had gone a little bit, but yeah, just didn't, just felt numb. I remember it feeling really, really numb that entire year. And, you know, we talk a lot about that is you're trying to, you're trying to ultimately attach, in, attach into the ebb and flow of life, the natural ebb and flow of life. Uh, and I even think in recovery now, there's a lot of people that have a long, long-term sobriety that live life just a straight line, mm-hmm. and they end up going back out because not, there's nothing to it. Yeah. You know, it's not fun anymore. So I think you still need that kind of living, but I think we were, you know, crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't want these like peaks that you have to scale yeah. with Sherpas and valleys right. that you're, you know, right. having to be airlifted out of. But right, um, yeah, it, yeah, I mean, I, whenever I think of that numbness, just a, mm-hmm. t- I, I remember like er, very early on, mm-hmm. out at lunch, I was I was still staying with my my m- mom to in my early recovery, yeah, and out at lunch with my mom and sister, and I was so. Numb. I mean, mm-hmm. just that's that is what it is. Yeah, numb in yeah. every single sense, like literally my five senses all felt numb. Right. Sitting there at the table, unable to make myself speak uh, to them, right. to, to engage at all. And they just sort of sat there, just yeah. gamely carrying on and, and I guess, you know, being supportive in the best way they could. Yeah. But yeah it was, it's did it's they a, support you do you remember if they were like behind you or did they get it well I don't feel like anyone in my family really understood really? what I was doing yeah you know part of being an active alcoholic mm-hmm. is being a really good liar yeah. <laughs> being yeah. being good at being deceitful being yeah. good at hiding um mm-hmm. you know who you are and what you're doing you know elsewhere i've Documented you know on the blog just briefly. I did a lot of jumping around. Like I don't think anybody could ever really get a beat on me. Yeah. And uh, you know I, I I moved a lot and you know I moved between my parents' mm-hmm. cities that they were in. So anyway, when I when I did finally um, decide to get sober on my own, there wasn't a lot of warning. It just happened that spring, and I just said, hey, I, everybody, yeah. I just figured out I'm an alcoholic, right. and you know alcohol plays and played a role professional maybe mm-hmm. in, in both sides of my family my, mm-hmm. my mom and my dad my mom and stepdad and my dad so I, I don't know there's just a different perspective on alcohol yeah um and so i don't so, know so it was kind of a surprise for them it was they, a surprise neither kind of, of them yeah knew really and, that you had a problem yeah no i i think they i think everybody so might what have did thought that th- was did an, they think? i <laughs> wasn't like a like a a, a ne'er-do-well an aberrant Right, but you've fun, you know, flunked out of a bunch of schools, Right, I don't even think anybody looked too closely into that. I think, <laughs> you know, it's i all doing I, their I, thing. I kind of think I was supposed to be like some <laughs> golden child, and so everybody was just thinking it was gonna I was gonna come around. I mean, I, I did. Yeah. It just, but that's funny. Yeah, I, nobody got the alcoholism. I mean, I was just talk, I was tweeting. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say talk online um, to somebody about people that didn't get it, and, yeah. and there's certainly people. Close to me, mm-hmm. um, that I mean, there are people that were angry that didn't think I needed to be getting sober, yeah. And you know, looking back, I think, man, it would have been really easy to listen to those voices and just right. oh, really? Everybody, my family thinks that's, that's all <laughs> that's good, cool. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and and I'm painting with a broad brush, yeah. and when I say my family, there's every in, bunch of individuals, sure. so anyway, um, that's interesting, yeah. So, yeah,
1: I do think, I mean you think about that first year and people who are going through that it's totally normal to feel that way. You know, I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that feeling empty or feeling, um, yeah, I don't know. I think when you, when you finally hit the finish line, you don't know how to feel. I remember, you know, the, the, the sense of relief from having my entire world of lies finally over, Mm -hmm. I think was huge. So I remember feeling that way a lot in early sobriety. Um, I remember, you know, went to a ton of meetings, uh, got, you know, didn't really, you don't know what to feel really. Cause you have no experience with dealing with anything. Um, it's funny how they, you know, advise you not to make any big life changes that first year, not to get into a relationship, uh, not to, you know, move, not to, you know, do anything. Cause you're, they, everyone kind of knows that your decision-making ability isn't there mm-hmm. that first year. Um, and it takes a while just to start having normal emotions skin. Even if, even you know, depending on how long we drank, uh, it's funny. I've heard a lot of a lot of things said, and I think this is true that once you start drinking, your emotional maturity stops at that age. Right. right? Exactly. And then when you stop drinking, you still are a 14-year-old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I- you kind of got to
1: figure. <laughs> there's a lot of things you missed, I guess. Just that people learned how to date people and learn how to be, you know, a good employee and a good coworker and, you know, not a liar, a cheater, and a thief. Right. Which is, yeah, interesting, all the things that you're just trying to catch up with when you first get sober.
0: And, really I mean, relationships are absolutely the, the, the key aspect of that, of mm-hmm. learning, learning how to do it at an appropriate yeah. level of maturity, I yeah. think. Um, you know, whether it be family, friends, or... You know, a, a, you know, romantic relationship, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely a, a challenge. And, and, you know, I know later in my recovery, I've, I've used it to my benefit. Hey, I'm only, you know, emotionally, I'm only what, you know, <laughs> 30. Like, it's like, yeah. coming, that's why I'm misbehaving. So, yeah. yeah um, that's but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was, that was definitely an issue. I, I just wanted to address, yeah. um, this episode that, that there are underlying issues once you take the alcohol away, mm-hmm. Then it's yeah. sort of to, to maintain it. Yeah, it's sort of incumbent on you then to examine these other issues. Yeah, um, whatever they may be, there may be none. You may you know, get <laughs> in recovery in that position. Probably, probably, probably not, but probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Well, it's, think, you know, and from a
1: program standpoint, the it talks a lot about how you get to clean up your life from that point. Right, you get into this program, you start doing these things where you. Uh, take an inventory of yourself and go back and look at all the things you've done to cause people harm. You get rid of all that stuff. You uh, make amends to people and you put yourself back on that thing. So uh, it's funny. And I'm not saying that, you know, obviously this is uh, to talk about all kinds of ways to to do it. But in there, there's at least a design for living as we said beyond that. Um, But it's interesting. Like I, I wonder, you know, all those things that, I had learned to do in the program, all were still things you had to figure mm. out for yourself, right? And you kind of did it white knuckle, cold turkey, no help. Like, did you look, did you, how'd you find things to do? Just kind of muddle your way through recovery. So as you didn't relapse again, I think
0: that's amazing. Right. No, I did muddle my, my way through, <laughs> <You> <laughs> way know through. What I'm saying? But, and I think some of it is, again, you know, it's different personality types. I mean, yeah. I, I would think it's fair to say you're an extrovert. Right. More I mean, so, you know, yeah. Probably more so than you. Yes. Right. More so than me. So yeah. maybe everybody looks like an extrovert. <laughs> but um, when I was ready to re-enter, mm-hmm. you know, polite society, right. um, I, I looked around. At, you know, I had the luxury of being able to look around and see where I wanted to mm-hmm. start over. Yeah. And after having shed the uh, quote-unquote. Friends that weren't were no good mm-hmm. <laughs> to, for me right. at that point. Did it take a while to do? No, it was pretty much a good so cut off. I just, I, you know, I I just had made whatever goodbyes I needed to make before yeah. I left to end up in my, you know, recovery right. cabin on the lake kind of thing. Right. Um. And you know, for the most part, it was just I didn't call anybody back, and that was it. <laughs> um, right. But uh, you know, I had one uh, friend left who. He's a normie, as, yeah. as they say, you know, yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. you know, uh, yep. who I'm talking about, I another do. good friend of ours. Yep. And uh, he, at the time, was, you know, for all intents and purposes, the only friend I had. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have, a, certainly didn't have a problem with that, and I was very yeah. thankful to have him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just by chance, um, you know, there was a, a, a apartment open in his building mm-hmm. in here in in St. Louis mm-hmm. and uh, you know just thinking about St. Louis and it's it's a, a manageable city it's a compact city it's mm-hmm. it's I, and I thought it would be a good place to start with one yeah. friend who isn't you know who's a normie. Right. And uh that's where the first brick got laid. You know, I yeah. came back and did freelance and scraped together change to buy Did you was one of your parents here? No. No, no. Yeah. No, everybody was like No one was Yeah, here. no no nobody was here. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Except the one buddy. And, and did uh, you count days your first year? I didn't. Do
1: you I don't, remember I don't celebrating I, a year?
0: I think I did months. Months. Okay. Um, I, I feel like I, I felt good about months. Um, no, I mean I'm sure I felt good about days, but I sure. don't remember counting, counting days. Counting days. Yeah. I remember every time I got to a month, I would. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd do, but I did something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's I, amazing. How about you? When you got sober,
1: yeah, you were in. I went to my first meeting. I was in college in college. Lawrence, Kansas, yeah. yeah. But I didn't get sober until two years later in Florida. I was oh, in right, Florida right. at the time. Um, and I remember, yeah, the night that I, you know, had my, hit my bottom. And then the next day I had, I had been going to meetings. Um, and a lot of people do that, you know, and they go in and out and in and out. And I was doing that pretty much on a daily basis. I don't think I had ever put any time together, really. Uh, but I was going to meetings, going to meetings. Um and then when I hit the bottom, I called uh, a father daughter uh, team from Lawrence Kansas who I had met in the, in the rooms, and uh, they dragged my ass to my first meeting that you know that day when mm-hmm. I was done, mm-hmm. and I, I you know walked in there and I felt fundamentally different. Um, I had been beaten, completely beaten, mm-hmm. um, and it was a real sense of relief at that moment. Um, and you know they just. You hear the things that you're supposed to do. I just never done it before. So, uh, did 90 meetings in 90 days. Got a sponsor. Started working the steps. Um, became serious about my recovery. Uh, you know, did some service work. Started making coffee at the meeting uh, to show up. And you know, just did the deal um, the best I could. So, it, and it was totally different. You know, fundamentally different than the the bullshit. You know, I. It's a miserable existence to go to meetings and still drink. I mean, that's a horrible place to be because. Yeah, you're you know you're an alcoholic and you keep going out and drinking and you want to quit drinking but you you just can't stop because you're a freaking alcoholic and you're just compelled to drink and i remember that feeling of waking up and saying i'm not going to drink today i'm not going to drink today i'm not going to drink today i'd be telling myself that as i'm driving to the liquor store you know and right. you, you begin to think you're insane you begin to think you're yeah, like, and as you, you're wrestling with, maybe I'm just a morally bad person, <laughs> right. right? And that's just who I am. That's just, I'm just going to have to accept this fact about myself uh, so I can continue to drink. And then, yeah, that first, when you know, you hit the bottom. And then for me, it was just, yeah, a real sense of relief. And, uh, you know, thank God that was over. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of pain. I mean, then that's when you feel all the pain, right? Mm. All the things you'd been numbing before. So that I think a lot of that first year is. A bunch of pain you'd been repressing through alcohol and drugs that finally comes to the surface, right, yeah, you know? right.
0: so it hits you like a had away and yeah, and trying to equalize all those sensations and yeah everything on I, I mean on the same topic, I remember eleven months, maybe eleven, twelve months mm-hmm. right, right in that towards the very end of that first year, though yeah, is when uh, when I got this glimmer of this sensation that I had nev- I felt like I'd never experienced it before. It's like, which is a crazy thing to say now because I, I it, you know, it's only a memory. Yeah, yeah. Like the way it felt. Yeah. Um, and and it took me. I feel like it took me like days to identify what I was feeling. Yeah. Until I realized it was contentment. Yeah. It's like the highs mm-hmm. had smoothed out. the the lows had filled in. Yeah. And it was just this. I was just feeling normal. You know, That's I was feeling true, what, yeah. like a regular you know, person yeah. without those like. Hmm you know, um you know, crazy highs and lows. Yeah. Just and it was contentment. And I still to this day think it's the most amazing sensation ever. <laughs> it's it's the best I've ever felt. Wow. Um absolutely just and and it wasn't like it's not like and the, the interesting thing to me about it has always been though it wasn't like some crazy high, it mm-hmm. wasn't some you yeah. know weird rom, you know, romanticized maudlin yeah. low. It was just like um just it just yeah. feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. it, it yeah, was yeah. really good. Yeah. Um and, and that's okay. pretty much what recovery promises.
1: I right. mean, you know, that's what you're going for. Right. It's just contentment, exactly. I yeah. mean, that's that's what I, what I look for. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, Which was never there. It's funny because, you know, you think about this. It's this constant. The disease to me is this constant sense of dissatisfaction, right? It's just right. this constant eating at you. That's, there's always something wrong with your life. And that's what alcoholism feels like to me. And drug addiction is just... Every, you know the glass is half empty, everything is shit and you just are using and you whatever it's just that's this disease that winds you up and when it stops doing that yeah exactly <laughs> right? all of a sudden you feel content or you feel have this
0: moment of peace or whatever that is it is it's a beautiful thing
1: it is definitely
0: yeah, and it's easy to romanticize too that poor me i'm mm-hmm. whatever either morally deficient you know yeah. i I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like this this the the poor bad boy or bad girl or whatever and that's just who i am um and to feed that beast and you know let it convince you to feed it so uh this this holiday did you see any lots of drunks out there (laughs) you know it's interesting uh did you see because i
1: didn't get getting get out much but i wonder about the fair you know people are being crazy
0: yeah i mean um you know they're they're, yeah they're out there (laughs) they're out there drunks from the fourth of july absolutely out there what was interesting was uh i uh we were we were at the the carnival and i I tweeted about this earlier but um i i had worn my clean and sober mm-hmm. tea mm-hmm. out that day and a couple of things one and and the, there's a guy walking in front of me with this bright neon yellow shirt that mm-hmm. said stop heroin stop heroin and right was,
1: at the fair okay. yeah right at the
0: fair that's awesome and i I was just <laughs> you know fascinating i yeah. it, being who I am, I wouldn't have gone up to him probably if I wasn't yeah. wearing my own shirt. We didn't. I didn't have right. sort of a reason right. to just just how right. who I am. Right. Um, but I went up and talked to him about what it was all about and what the organization was about and why he was wearing the shirt. Right, and it was it was interesting. And it was it was interesting to see somebody else. Yeah. Certainly, you know his his shirt was was yeah. cool. if mine yeah, well, was like talking in a, in a you know polite voice God. about being <laughs> uh, in recovery. His was his was screaming. Um, which it, you know, well, it should be. So that that was interesting, just mm-hmm. to to have that connection and this you know mobbed carnival. Yeah. Um. To, to and did, was he in a organization that wanted to no, stop her or was he, he just doing it? He um was at a, at a friend or an acquaintance whose child mm-hmm. had been affected ah. by it, and I don't know if they gotcha. passed or not. So anyway, it was hmm. a, it was an interesting connection to yeah. make uh, at the fair, and um uh, may talk more about that organization.
1: Yeah. I, I meant day. to comment on you on this shirt, so I wore my Sense Right Now shirt, too. <laughs> and I, the name to me, and you tell me where you thought of it, but obviously the whole concept of one day at a time, at any moment, no matter what, mm. they, always, you know, they always say, we only have today. <laughs> and the more the longer I'm around, the truer that becomes, right? The truer that becomes. And it, it's, it's this thought of uh, this, that at any moment, you can decide Mm-hmm. to be happy at any moment exactly. you can decide to be sober at any moment your life can start or you can get out of your own head or whatever it is and it's very this like idea of very intentional sober living right and it doesn't matter where you've been the m- moment before how gone the past truly is the second that it is out you know the second exactly. that it's not <coughs> there anymore it doesn't exist in the future does not exist except for as a concept that we've invented to feel comfortable on planet Earth,
0: <laughs> right? It blew in my mind. And literally okay. this yeah. thought of sense right now. It's cool. Yeah, it's exactly that. That's what it is. It's like yeah. anybody. You're you're in recovery if mm-hmm. you you're, you're, you're abstaining and since right now all you right. have to do is you know yeah. in this moment, right? Um, and it just came from yeah trying to put you know a date to my recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, but wanting to be inclusive. Right. Um, and, and quite frankly, not having, you know, 17 years, if you had told me on day one, Right. if I had even to think about 17 years, I would have just yeah. thought, no that's insane. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, impossible. Um, you know, it just, it is, you know, it's one day at a time, yep. but it's it's, uh, in recovery since
1: right now. Yeah. Um, well, that, it's funny. No matter how you do it, because there's only one way to do it. Right. <laughs>
0: right? Right. You can't do it any faster or better than that. Yeah. Just start putting minutes and uh, yeah, hours and weeks and days together. Yeah. Days and weeks. So that's cool. So that's cool.
1: I love that. I think it's really interesting that you're out in the social media community of recovery. And I've never, ever explored that world. I have no idea. You know, I read books. I go to the meetings. And I have... It's Because I still think it's funny when you get right down to it at the end of the day, it's, it's easiest to get sober one-on-one. If someone's helping you get sober, it's a one-on-one interaction. You hear the story, and whether you're at a meeting or whatever, a sponsor or whatever, or a coffee afterwards, that's probably the time when you can tell what you're going through and someone can re- reassure you that you're not alone in your recovery. Right. So you've been out in uh, the social media world, What's, I mean, what's all out there? Cause it's interesting to me that, uh, how, where do you go dive into it? And what's, uh, what's, what you does know, it look like?
0: I, I, I started on Twitter mm-hmm. um, and it's, it, it's, well, it's people in recovery for six days to people okay. in recovery for 20 years right. from therapists to, what are they called? Rehabs. Yep. And, you know, it, it's very supportive, which yeah. is great. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's. Um, so there's a lot of people asking for help, just saying, "I need some help." Or I need I, some. I, you know, I've run into some of that. Yeah. Um, what I'm, I would encourage people listening to mm-hmm. to do more of that if you want yeah. and need it. Yeah. Um, particularly if you know, uh, you know, to supplement your AA experience mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or SMART, which I need to familiarize myself more with. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever you're doing, yeah. I, I, Twitter's phenomenal because, you know, a lot of times there's somebody else out there behind right. the keyboard um, willing to answer yeah. and uh, offer you that support. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, there there are some people asking um, and I, I would encourage people to do more of that is what, is what I'm
1: yeah. thinking.
0: Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of times in, in any online community there's a lot of people that lurk, which is fine too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I tend to do that until I know my way around. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know it's different, I think with any gr- groups on social media, it's going to be different like on Twitter, it's going to be different on Facebook. It's going to be different on Tumblr. I just started a Tumblr mm-hmm. for uh, Clean and Sober, and since right now, com, and you know all of this is being built sort of in public. there yeah. hasn't really been the official grand opening visual yeah. hard launch yet. Right. Um, so just trying to figure out what to do with all these pieces and how best to use yeah. them and uh and and, yeah, just in there listening and 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 finding interesting voices and and quite frankly trying when I can or when I feel right about it to be supportive to um and uh you know when I feel that I actually you know have something to offer to say, yeah, but you know my voice we're, all our voices are different we're you know people in recovery and addicts and alcoholics are as different <laughs> as right. Normies, you know, Yeah, yeah. um, but sometimes I do, you know, feel like my experience isn't going to apply to someone else's. And I don't know in, in AA, Mm -hmm. is, is that, does that hold true? I mean, with the the sponsors and sponsees, Mm -hmm. maybe explain some of that to me. I mean, there might be a whole bunch of people out there listening that know what's going on, but maybe just for me. Yeah. Uh So when you get into Alcoholics Anonymous, you're strongly encouraged to get a sponsor.
1: And your sponsor is basically someone who you admire or someone whose program you want or someone who uh, you can see something that they have that you want. And that's kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. The way you get one is you just go ask someone. Gotcha. And so you kind of go to meetings. Uh, they even I would encourage anyone who's at their first meeting to get what we like to call a temporary sponsor. And all sponsors are temporary. So it doesn't really matter at some point you're going to move on from your sponsor and I've had mine for 10 years so what you know it's the same it doesn't really matter but get someone ask a sponsor and that's someone who's going to work with you one-on-one outside the meeting someone who you're going to call every day someone who you're going to check in with someone who uh, you're going to tell your entire story to uh, at some point probably someone who you're going to work the steps with Uh, someone who's been through the through the program before and who can just kind of walk you through it Um, it's what's great about the program is it's it's as a newbie or as a newcomer, you want to get a sponsor because that will help you tremendously. On the flip side, it also helps your sponsor stay sober, which is what it's all about. Um, and as someone who's now sponsored guys, you know, I would say if I've sponsored ten guys, eight of them are, are probably out there, right? They right, just didn't right. last, interesting, or whatever happened, or you know, did. They just move on, or they go back out, and right. then years later, you'll see them back in the meeting. Or so it's not. It's not like I feel the i feel like i'm on the hook for their sobriety but walking them through the steps certainly helps me you know mm-hmm. stay sober um so it's a good relationship and that's that's uh, kind of how it works so uh, and i think it keeps you know me going through with a sponsee keeps the program fresh right you go through the steps all over again gotcha. you're helping someone else work the steps um so, but yeah, I've had, I don't know, probably eight, I guess, just in the, because I've lived in various cities and every right. time you get a new city, you get a new sponsor and you start from step one and walk through the steps and tell you the sponsor story so that they kind of know you and know your triggers and know your history and things like that. So yeah, it's just, that's just that person that you can call before you pick up a drink, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you've you never had that. Never had a mentor or anybody. No, I've never had that. Maybe well, I one. mean, honestly, you know, for yeah. all intents and purposes, you've been a little bit, you know, that person yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, to, you know, similar yeah. um, role. I mean, certainly, mm. you know, and I've said this before, you know, when I, when I have questions about recovery, you've been who I ask. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, I think it's important. And regardless, even let's say you, you,
1: AA, you know, we've talked about, this and on this uh how AA is not for everybody and hmm. i guess it, it never crossed my mind that aa wasn't for everyone right. i just didn't know any better right. <laughs> and i would strongly encourage everyone to go check it out and check it out and check it out and check it out because it is a great program however i still if it's between you not you should to drink because you won't go to aa right. there's i would you know, urge you to do anything right. to not drink. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting. In retrospect, you know, I would encourage everyone to go yeah. to AA. Yeah. Or, you know, quite frankly, I, I, I do need to learn more about, say, SMART. And and I know yeah, a lot is, of... Is SMART another... SMART's another recovery, um, recovery program. And I think it. it's suggested that it even works well in conjunction with AA. Ah. But what I would recommend, if you don't know what to do if you don't have a plan somehow i was really fortunate enough that circumstances conspired that yep. i could put together a plan that worked right. but it's you know and, it uh, worked yeah so did you it, did you have a plan like a
1: thoughtful intentional way that you woke up and did things so you wouldn't drink or did it just sort of happen for you
0: do you know what i'm saying um like when you
1: were done you were done
0: didn't really have to think about it on a daily basis no no i did okay. i mean i think i, t- I so, so last time in episode yeah. one, that you know, three days in, I'm like, this isn't going to work unless I'm drinking <laughs> any beer. Um, you know, that was that was the first wake up. It's the first? <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I think I've, I've written this story and it's on mm-hmm. the blog, but I forget. Oh, man, I have my diaries and I have the day. But yeah. basically it was like, I think, two weeks in or a week and a half in mm-hmm. or just a handful of days in. Anyway, I woke up in the middle of the night. I always thought, and I think I may have I've made it this way because it seemed more romantic, but I think it was like a few days mm-hmm, later. Mm-hmm. Um, woke up in the middle of the night with this pain that I couldn't quite um, pinpoint where it was in my torso. Right, <laughs> you right, know? Right. It was like, it wasn't my lungs, it wasn't my heart, it wasn't my whatever. Right. Um, and uh, it, it was it was uh, sharp enough and painful enough that I couldn't you know get comfortable, I couldn't go back to sleep. Right. Um, got up the next morning, uh, and you know, I think I took like Tylenol or something mm-hmm. cause it was so painful, sat around in pain, another day in pain, I think. And then finally went to a doctor. Um, and so this was just really a few days in, it might've even been an appointment I had already. So it was like seven days in a weekend or something. Right. And you know, running tests on me, just see how I'm doing. And he, and he asked me, he's like, do you drink? And I said, I did until like five days ago or right. six days ago or yeah. whatever. Right. And he goes, well, you can't anymore. And I, I said, "Really? What? He, he, he goes. He goes. You've had, about the You had a, a attack of pancreatitis. Wow! And um, he goes, as little as like two or three drinks could have blown your pancreas. Wow! So you were Two or three drinks away. Away from, yeah. At the time, I know <laughs> it's nuts. It's Crazy. It's nuts. So when you ask if there was anything that, um, yeah. So you wonder if like there's something deeper going on, right? Well, I did. I mean, honestly, I, I thought somebody. Something. something is out Your there saying, body, mind, you know, saying, all put yeah, together saying, something. saying, and don't come back. You right. know, it's like <laughs> just slamming the door and saying, and stay the hell out. Right. Um, but, uh, wow. so yeah. So, you know, that, again, that's when I say circumstances conspired to to mm-hmm. m- make this work for me. It's not right. going to work for everybody. What worked for me then was, you know, any thought I had after that, like that was Mm -hmm. basically week one. I'll get my diaries and I'll clear this up on a different episode with dates. I'm terrible with dates, people. Um, you know, I said, well shit, now I, now I just can't. So that was it. You know, that was it. Um, um, you know, certainly in the immediate term and, you know, well into the the midterm and, and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I just made be on that. You know so so the, you know they talk about those the pillars of your life falling mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. the you know uh, what is it the relationships your mm-hmm. your financial and mm-hmm. you know job and romance health. and finance Rom- and health yeah. There you go. Yep. There you go. So those were all falling apart. That yep. was the final health one aside from the fact that I was kind of a slob at, yeah. <laughs> at that point, you know all this beer weight on me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that uh, excuse me. Those Things all sort of came crashing down, and I was just, I, I genuinely just didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I was just exhausted yeah. and disgusted. Yeah. So, you know, early on that just that helped. So, yeah, but but yeah, that's interesting that you had what, no ongoing, you know, because AA
1: is for life, right? Right. I mean, that, you know, if you're doing the program, right, you're, I still go to meetings, right? And it's not, and I go to meetings because I feel like if I don't go to meetings, I'm going to drink. Right? You do.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So I was, now I wanted to get to the, yeah. A, a way And I'm certainly not averse to it I And mean, yeah. part of me
1: Maybe we'll uh, work the I, steps On this show for you Chris And maybe, we'll go one An episode <laughs> that, And I think it'd be fun To work the smart steps too If there are something like that Yeah We've well, we'll we'll never worked those Yeah
0: And that part of the show too Is, interesting. is, is educating ourselves yeah, that's too. right and, um, Other stuff You know these are the early days Of the episode Right You know at some point Down the road I'm going to do a little housekeeping here We will be having guests on Yeah But I think there's plenty um, That Jeff and I <laughs> Can talk about True. and need to talk about, and I, I'm finding interesting. So I hope everybody else is too. Fair. And what I was going to ask Jeff is: so you mentioned that uh, you do have times when you yeah. feel like you need the meeting. Yeah,
1: I I don't know if I feel like I need it. I feel like I've seen enough people who quit going to meetings and drink again. Right. Uh, that okay. I don't want to be those Guys people. Too. Sure. And I, you know, you see, it just you know, our guy who went out and relapsed, our good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see this all the time and hear this all the time, and then you see them a year later or two years later or maybe Mm -hmm. never, but they come back in and just got their ass handed to them again. And you can, I I just feel like I'm that, that could, but for the grace of God, that is Mm -hmm. absolutely, I could easily be that person without a doubt. And the only thing, you know, sometimes is you just want to constantly go to meetings to constantly be reminded that, and and I don't, and you know, they, you talk, in the program, you kind of talk about being close or far away from a drink, mm-hmm. just in general, and I don't feel close to a drink, really. No. You know, I don't, I don't feel close to a drink. But I know if I quit going to meetings, you get a little bit closer, a sure. little bit closer. This happens, this happens, whatever, whatever, and you pick up a drink. Um, I just don't want to do that, and I've seen it so many times that I believe believe that. So. And then now you're just, this is what I do. You know, right. you're just in recovery. You have lots and lots and lots of friends in recovery, lots and lots and lots sure. of support. Uh, it's a habit. It feels good. I know everyone, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a social fellowship beyond just uh, staying sober.
0: Well, and I think part of that for me, I, I may just now be, excuse me, <clears throat> coming into, well, I clearly am. I'm coming into that sort of, I guess, need um, for. Community to yep. see how others are doing it, yep. regardless of what stage they're at, um, and part of it comes back to that you know, introversion, socially anxious side of me, where you know I, I don't put myself in situations often where um, I'll, I'll have that compulsion. You know, I don't I don't go to bar. Right, right. You know, yeah. and I think you know you have an easier time with that if that's mm-hmm. fair to say yeah. um, than I do. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, aside from that, I, I think. You know, all those things we talked about on the first episode, just people near and dear to Mm -hmm. me having challenges, um, you know, sort of rocked me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, at some point, you felt the need to give back. I felt the need to give back, but I also felt the need to um, find a little bit of support, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and support through and I, and again the, in AA, I think it's yeah. it's the service mm-hmm. is also gives you the service you provide gives you the support you yep. need. And I think you mentioned that earlier yep. with your yep. sponsees help you. Yeah, a percent. Um, and and so yeah, that's that's someone I'm out there looking for and hoping to provide also. And uh, you know, it's crazy that that I, I have such trepidation about it, but I think I, I'd like to go to a meeting. Yeah, at good. some point. Good. Um, and, and, and. Well, I'll take you, man. Well, I appreciate that. Maybe I'll then. take you up on it. I
1: like this idea of, of reading about doing the steps here. I also <laughs> like this idea about just going through them and talking. I'd love to go through the steps and then get your reaction to them live. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Or, like, that'd be interesting. Um, okay. Because that's kind of cool. Because who knows? Um, and then I'd love to read about this SMART program and just both, like, break it down and just see what we think of it.
0: I think yeah, it would be interesting. absolutely I do, I do too. I think it be There's
1: this thing called rational recovery too and I and I remember that was an alternative to AA about 10 years ago. And I wonder if that's still around. It's called rational, rational recovery. I don't, recovery. Know, I don't know. But it took the god out of it. It took the higher power concept out because a lot of people get stuck on that.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I honestly I do not get stuck on that so much. I'm yeah. not I I um but again, it comes back to whatever works for who needs, you know, so, whatever you need to be in recovery, go you know, go for it. Yeah. Um, I was just uh, reading something, I think, on Twitter that the first AA agnostic convention is going to be held in um, Santa Monica in November. How about that? and uh, AA Agnostic
1: means you don't know, but you're not ruling it completely out like an right. atheist.
0: <laughs> you're not all the way out. I think, you're yeah, agnostic means face. you don't have a God. You're with okay. without... But you're not ruling out the possibility. You're not ruling out the possibility. Okay. Um, You're hedging your (laughs) bets. Atheist is, I think. No. Yeah, no. No God. Okay. All right. So I think that is a good note to end episode two on. I apologize. The the holidays threw off uh, our schedule already. Um, The plan is to have new episodes up Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central. So we'll be recording during the week, editing, and have them up Sunday at 7 p.m. Central. And, uh, yeah, if you're out there listening, we really appreciate it. Uh, we hope you continue listening. I'll get my act together, have better notes, uh, know people's names. I apologize for that. And just know that if you're out there listening and you're ready to get sober, to right. be in recovery, yeah, you can be since right now. Since right now. Amen, brother. All right. Peace out.